All right, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast. I'm your host, the Denver Desert Dog, Matt Kozlowski. Joining me tonight from Take Your Ball and Go Home. Just gave me a Charlie Steiner-style weapon last week. <clears throat> Shane Stein. How you doing, great to be here, Matt. Great to be here. Um, excited. Kind of won our Super Bowl last week. <laughs> Nothing like uh, getting an early season win over the Desert Dogs. You always got to hang that one on your hat. Um, excited to be one and one right in the thick of things here with just about the entire league. Yeah, the only person that's not one and one other than Brandon Schur is also on the podcast with us tonight from the Seawolves. How's it going, Phil? Hey, guys. Pretty good start for the Seawolves so far in, in 2020. Um, so despite everything going on with the pandemic, this is the one bright spot that I'm sure will get taken away somehow. But it, I'm going to enjoy the 2-0 while I can. Not only are you 2-0 and in the Sons of Fantasy Football you're six and zero in the Crystal Ball Pool. Yeah, that's um, that, that that's just more of a sign that this is all going to come to a screeching halt in fantastic fashion. Don't sound so excited about the way you're starting, <laughs> starting the year off. Um, to add to the excitement, we got Jags Dolphins tonight, so that's always a uh, always a bonus when you get to see. Gardner Minshew and Ryan Fitzpatrick play football against each other. Um, the poor man's color rush game tonight, which it looks like color rush, but I've been informed that this is not color rush. You got it. You got to get off the color rush thing. It's not coming back, man. It's it's done. <laughs> it's over. All right. Yeah, let, we let had it know that it was going to take like some sort of worldwide crisis for for Phil to put together some success in in fantasy sports. <laughs> That's good. That is true. That's what the wolves do. They thrive amid chaos. (laughs) All right, well, we'll get into uh, the two and the wolves in our week two recap. But first, Shane has some trivia for us. Yeah, a little more prepared this week. Um, We'll try to get back to our our regularly scheduled trivia section. Um, I have two questions for you guys tonight. the first one here is the, is the same question I believe I asked you after week two last year. So I believe there were two answers. Like I'm, I remember two of the names were Mark Andrews and Larry Fitzgerald. I, I can't remember if there was more. I think there was like two. But so far, through two weeks of the NFL season, there are only two players that have had 100 receiving yards both weeks. Really. Can you name those two players? Calvin Ridley is correct. <laughs> Got 130 in week one and 109 in week two. <sighs> I think I know, but I'm not sure what he did last week. Uh, I'll take DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins not on the list. He did not have 100 last week. Okay. Tough answer here for the second guy. Um... Was it Slayton from the Giants? It was not. Slayton did not have 100 last week either. I feel like it's... Uh, Got to be a reason for the question, right? 
Deontay got 100 yards in week one. No. Hopkins had 68 receiving yards last week. Okay. I felt like he was due for a big day after that touchdown where no one was within 15 yards of him inside the 15. <laughs> um, I don't think it's a chief. Uh, I don't... Th- oof, man. Can you give us AFC versus NFC? Because I don't think we're going to get It's an it. NFC player. It's a tough one. It's an NFC player. An NFC player, he said. Um, I'm going to go <laughs> with Tyler Lockett. It is not Tyler Lockett. He, I don't believe, has had 100-yard games. Let me look. So, so it's incorrect. Yeah, he had 67 last week, 92 in week one. Well, I don't think it's anybody in the NFC West. I don't think it's anybody it's in the NFC South. Oh, I have a guess, but I just went to cause. Go no, ahead. go ahead, man. You're good. Uh, what about Devontae Adams? No, he had a terrible It's not Devontae Adams. He did not have 100 last week. He only had 36. Jared Cook? It's not Jared Cook. All right, go ahead. Give it to us. Yeah, this, this is pathetic. So it's Robbie Anderson. He's had 100 um, yards both weeks so far. Switching teams, <laughs> going to a, a bad team. And I think he ripped off... Uh, so far, always under the radar. Two long touchdowns, I think, he ripped off. Um, yeah, I believe you are correct there. Spears was literally just talking about how he needs to find a way to get him in his lineup. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, so only two guys so far through the first two weeks. Um, but here we go. We'll get to our main question. Get back to Stump the Schwab style, everyone's favorite segment. Um, so, Jordan Reed, Phil's favorite tight end, got on the board with two big touchdowns last week. Still kicking, still alive. He does not make this list because I am looking for the 13 players in the league so far that have at least three touchdowns on the year. I think you guys should be able to do most of this. Three receiving or three total? Three total, at least three total touchdowns. Okay. Phil, you want to go first? Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is on the list. He has four. I will go with Christian McCaffrey. CMC is also on the list. He has four as well. Rip. Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is not on the list. Goes <laughs> out. Well, I watched. This, Adams has one. I watched this whole game last week. Uh, Tyler Higby had three just last week. Tyler Higby did have three by himself last week. So Cause wins in a quick one. <laughs> Uh, um, I don't think I can guess Devontae Adams again. I wouldn't. I would advise against that. (laughs) 
Murray rushing him. Kyler Murray has three. He's on the list. I'll take the other quarterback on this list, Cam Newton. Always a reason for these questions. Cam Newton has four touchdowns already this year. To add to his rushing total, that'll no doubt be a question later in the year. Or as John Gurdon calls him, Slam Newton. <laughs> like that guy. Oh, how about Josh Jacobs? Josh Jacobs has three. He's on the list. I'll go with the previously mentioned Calvin Ridley. Always a reason. T-Bag has two of the with four. Ridley has four touchdowns on the year. Yeah, he's having a good season. That's pretty good, huh? All right, we got seven so far, Phil. Um, what about Dalvin Cook? Dalvin Cook has three. He's on the list. I think Kareem Hunt has three. Johnny Smith? Johnny Smith is on the list. He has three touchdowns so far. That was the toughest one left, I thought. Four pretty big names left here. I think Hopkins has three. Hopkins has one. Oh, really? Yeah. Big week, week one, but did not score. Uh, hmm. I don't know if Josh, Josh Allen, I don't think, has run for three. Um, but they've put up some points. I don't know if Diggs has three. I'll, I'll guess Diggs. Diggs is not on the list. No. All right, so we need three more. You said they're big names. <clears throat> uh, oh, Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara has four touchdowns so far. He is on the list. Two more. 
two more big names. Two more. And one of these guys ran for three himself last week. Ran for three himself last week. Wants to be the $40 million man. Still waiting on that. Heard about it. Dak. Dak Prescott has three touchdowns rushing last week. Wow. In that big comeback over the Falcons. And then this last guy on the list, I don't know if you guys have heard about him, but he's a pretty good football player, and his teammates know about it. Chris Carson. Chris Carson, once traded for Julio Jones, straight up in our league, has three touchdowns on the year. Uh, T.Y. Hilton and Draft Cash was also involved in that trade. So. <laughs> and, and future rights for another player. And I got C.J. Anderson back, too, in that trade. So. <laughs> uh, Glad you guys can laugh about it now, because Chris Carson is a stud. Chris Carson is a stud football player. We, where Shane and Phil were wrong. Um, yeah, who's laughing now? <laughs> all right, week two recap. I don't have the scores in front of me. I know it was a bad week for me. Good week for Phil and Shane. Good week for Eddie. Bad week for sure. Um, Phil's at two and zero. Sure's at zero and two. Everyone else is at one and one. I think that pretty much sums it up. I don't know if you guys have anything else to add. Yeah, I mean the league bunched itself up last week. Um, all the one and no teams except for Phil came back. All the own one teams except for Sherp um, got their win, and uh, everyone's kind of on an even playing field here going into week three. I, I think what's making this year interesting is we've always had teams that you know if they were keeping stud expensive players for the most part, I feel like those keepers stayed healthy through at least the first few weeks. So, so now we're seeing a few teams that held on to studs, came into it with low draft cash, and then like players like Michael Thomas and CMC are going to miss multiple weeks. And we're, we're just we're, we're in a really bad injury time where the, the, the rosters are getting just really, really thin. Whereas some of the other teams that were more balanced that had a little, little bit of deeper squads that, that didn't do that strategy it, it, it's it's paying off for but I, I, it, it can go either way injuries can happen to any team it just so happens that they're all happening at once in our league yeah it was definitely the fantasy football apocalypse last week it was brutal guys were going down left and right you didn't even know guys were getting hurt and then they didn't come out of the locker room at halftime it was just it was a tough day to watch the red zone I mean Guys were just dropping like flies, and I don't see it getting better this week. <laughs> That's the point I wanted to make is, and this is all before anything has happened COVID-related. You know, th- this is without any outbreaks or any players really missing, or any big names missing any time because of positive COVID tests. It's probably likely only to get worse. I, I'm, I, COVID might be done. I mean, the, Pac, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten are coming back. Biden's leading all the polls. I mean, I think we're right where we need to be to get this thing over. <laughs> I learned something on today's podcast. We're safe. 
canceled their out-of-conference games. So you guys probably didn't know that, that COVID can only transmit when two teams playing are not in conferences. So Pac-12, Big, Big Ten, they're all they're all good to go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's okay for for Rutgers to travel to Nebraska. It's, it's no big deal. <laughs> they're fine. It's just because they're in the same conference, so they should be good. Have, I do have to say, really good job by the NFL to not have any players tested positive really so far. Um, they're either just completely falsifying the results or they're doing a great job. And I don't know which one it is, but I'm good with it. So, um, We always know you can put extreme faith in the NFL and you know we can have our full trust in them. They'll never, they'll never lie about anything. So... <laughs> All right, waivers recap. It was a crazy couple days with waivers. Um, Phil highlighted the four big ones here in the agenda. Mike Davis for $67. Devonta Freeman for 46 Daryl Henderson for 31 And Deion Lewis for 25 Um, I think I also got Curtis Samuel for like 17 um, just kind of a weird week. No one bid on the guys that I bid on, so I essentially wasted $46 of the 48 in which I got, but hey, whatever whatever works, you know. Yep. Um, I guess I'll kick it off um, with mine. I pick up Devontae Freeman for $46. Bucks. Um, I think it's no secret that T-Bag needed some running back help. Um, kind of needed... To hit a home run here to my roster doesn't really match up with a lot of teams in the league not that I think Devontae Freeman is a stud but I don't know just taking kind of taking a, taking a big risk that he's going to end up being the guy in New York obviously I can't play him this week but see what shakes out and hopefully he turns into uh, their go-to guy as far as getting a full workload I figure if I can get a running back it's going to get a full workload it was worth a shot. I need to make something happen, so that's where I went. Uh, the one that I really like, I, I do like the, the Daryl Henderson pickup. Um, I'm just, I know we talked about it last week, and I'm st- I still think he's going to be okay, but Akers is not off to a, a great start, to say the least, in, in Los Angeles, like we thought, uh, or at least like I thought he was going to be. Um, Henderson looked great last week. Um, I think that's a good pickup for the Desert Dogs. We know what the second bids were on on these cars offhand without you looking. Uh, Freeman was like two bucks. Shane had a really good bid there. I mean, Dave, <laughs> Davis. No, no, no. It was two dollars short of Shane. Oh, okay. Yeah, one forty four. Yeah, Mike Davis. I mean, everyone I think was in the forty ish at least for Davis. Um, like I said, no one else bid on Henderson. That was just me. Deion Lewis. I think a bunch of people were in the ballpark for him. Um. So, I mean, everybody was putting bids in this week. There were a lot of bids. Yeah. Um, I didn't see what Deion Lewis's usage looked like after Barkley went down last week. It was, it was pretty much a full workload. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Gallman was inactive, but um, I think that was more just because Gallman, and, Gallman doesn't do anything on special teams, and him and Saquon are probably similar in what they bring to the table as far as, like, Skill set, not obviously why talent wise, but um, I, I expect Gallman to be active this week, and that could be interesting to see how he also gets mixed into him, Lewis, and Freeman. So, 
Yeah, I, I, I think this is this is a really good time to spend it, uh, especially if you have holes in your rosters because of injuries. This is the most important part of the season uh, in terms of record and, and, and win-loss and getting stuff in before buys start. Um, yeah, I'm not overly excited about probably two of these guys, but they're all dart throws and they 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 have they at least have upside, which is something you weren't getting with some of your week one transactions. I want to see how Curtis Samuel plays out for me. I think he got five or six carries after uh, McCaffrey went out, so I'm just hoping that maybe I can get a couple extra touches out of that spot to help what is a bad wide receiver group for me. I think I'm excited to see how, I mean, that entire <laughs> offense is going to shake out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's been a while since we've seen anything in Carolina that doesn't just revolve around McCaffrey touching the ball 30 times. Um, <laughs> what what is, what is What's the, the new game plan going to be? Um, they obviously have to shake it up. I don't, I don't foresee them giving the ball to Mike Davis, just saying, okay, you're the new Christian McCaffrey, and here you go. Obviously, something's going to change. I'm kind of I'm interested in seeing what that's going to be, what it's going to look like. There's talent there. I mean, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, uh, Robbie Anderson. There's there's some guys there, and Teddy's a, I think a perfect quarterback to <clears throat> work with those guys. I mean, none of them are really like. I mean, Anderson gets a lot of big plays, but I wouldn't necessarily call him like just a straight deep threat. I mean, those are versatile receivers, and Teddy's accurate and distributes the ball efficiently. So, I uh, I think I, I like that offense. I just think their defense is downright pathetic. So, yeah. We'll see. All right, let's get into the week three matchups. Got a little under 40 minutes left on the pod, so want to get through these all. Start off with the matchup of the dogs. Desert Dogs versus Mixed Mad Dogs. Um, unbeknownst to me, Darren Waller's questionable. Phil's asking, who should I slide in to the lineup if Darren Waller can't go? So, obviously, I would then move Ertz to the tight end. Um, and I'd be deciding, I guess, right now between Malcolm Brown and Sammy Watkins. So, I think I'd probably play Sammy Watkins. I'd imagine... There's going to be some points scored in that contest on Monday night. I think maybe Sammy could get a couple of those. Yeah, isn't he still in the concussion protocol? <clears throat> he's he's a Q two, but you know, he also yeah, once so said he didn't that practice today. he also once said that he's half lizard, half human. So maybe concussions don't affect him the same as everyone else. Yeah, luckily you have still that Monday night to get him healthy, but you also got to take the risk of of not playing someone else, I guess, in that spot. Um, that being said, I, I mean, I, you can't really trust Emmanuel Sanders after last week. Um, don't know that you can really go there. Waller's going to go. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I don't see. I think Waller's going to end up playing, so I don't think you're going to really have to have to worry. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you'll have to worry. But just in case somebody hits a a, a lung with a painkiller uh, before <laughs> the locker room, uh, I think if Sammy Watkins goes, you throw him in. If not, you hate rolling out two Rams running backs. 
series against that Buffalo run defense, but I I, I think that would be your your best and probably only option. I, I wouldn't mess with Sanders. No, I'd probably end up having to pick someone up. I mean, I'm still. I can still maybe make a move. I don't know. Most church should get an O here in the next couple of days, which should free up a a roster spot for me to pick some garbage wide receiver off the waiver wire. So, can I get an apology for how good Darren Waller is, though, Phil? What for two weeks that he's had good numbers? Well, he went ninety for eleven hundred last year too. So, I mean, I don't want to just forget about that, but yeah. Hey, uh, great job. You have a good tight end. Thanks, man. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like Waller is still just disrespected, though. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at his page right now on ESPN, and it says, is Darren Waller a must-start tight end? Like, <laughs> what, is, what, is, what are you even talking about? Yeah, he's been he's, for the last couple of years. <laughs> he's been for the last the entire since the beginning of the year of last year. I mean, he's clearly, clearly a top-five tight end, and... Like I said to you the other night, I'm pretty sure he's top three, probably just behind the two big guys. Yeah, I mean, he's, I mean Kelsey, I, Kelsey and Kittle are better, and it's your preference if you'd rather have him or Mark Andrews. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, he's definitely right there in the Andrews-Ertz category right there. I, would, I mean, so who else you got to start ahead of him? Yeah. I mean, look, it's, it's, it's still early on. Um I think if you would ask this question at various points throughout Zach Ertz's career, people would have said Ertz is number one or number two tight end in the league. Uh, let, let, let's let's see how the season shakes out first before we we crown Kaz a, a victor of whatever he wants to be crowned of. <laughs> All right, over under thirty points for Austin Eckler and Mike Davis. I will take the under on that one. Carolina defense is pretty bad. Gotta believe there's some points there for Eckler this week. Um, I feel like that Chargers defense is just gonna be a little demoralized this week after pretty much playing their hearts out for <clears throat> 55 minutes and just blowing up at the end. Um, I'll take the I'll take the over slightly. Give me like 30, little less than 35. I'm going to take the 31-32 range, and I think 22 of it comes from Eckler. He's going to feast this weekend against that Panther defense or whatever whatever the hell you call it on, on the other side of the football. I, 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 I like those guys this week. All right, who wins this, uh, who wins this battle of dogs? I 
mean, I, I would just like to say, in fairness to me, if any team lost their two best players who also happen to be their two best running backs, um, I think everyone's team would look a little different. So I just want to say that, with that being said, I will take the Mad Dogs as well, because it's not good. When you look at your opponent ranking and it's all red numbers on ESPN, that's usually not a good thing for... Yeah, it's, it's not even that you don't have your best players. It's just you have some tough matchups as well. Um, going to need Cole here to pick it up. Looks like he, they're going to be trailing. Looks like most of the games, so hopefully he can pick it up and get something on the board for you. Yeah. All right, Clan versus Teabag. How are you guys feeling about Leonard Fournette this week against... Uh, who do they have? Who do the Bucks have? Denver. Um, and then how do you guys feel about him rest of the season? to a blistering pace. Uh, Phil was would like to know if Shane should trade him to himself and look to add some pieces in return. Now, the real question is, should should Shane sell high on Calvin Ridley uh, to acquire a little more talent um, and maybe strengthen the, the length of his team? Um, Ridley is a stud. He's he's really good. Um, 
I don't think it's time to sell high on him. I don't. Obviously, you can't keep up this production all year long. I, don't get me wrong. I understand that, but uh, this isn't a drop in the pan. Just a guy that's going to go away. He's uh, really good at football, and I think he's he's a mainstay and a, and a possible really good keeper option for next year. So, I, I think the question was more around: <clears throat> Do you sell him for for two other startable pieces? Yeah, and I, I would consider it if if I was in your position. Well, you also have to weigh next year into play, and uh, I think you got him for a pretty good price, Shane. And yeah, I believe it was thirty three. Yeah, and if you're able to, if you don't have a good season, then you're able to trade your other players for an accumulation of fifty dollars. Keeping Ridley at thirty three would be a great price. What I don't understand, and what I continue to not understand because I feel like I think Ridley had like 10 touchdowns last year too is he's clearly good he's I'm not still not sure he's as good as Julio but I I think that they should command similar respect I don't know why Ridley's always wide fucking open and why people just cover Julio like double him like you would think you need to give them the same attention like clearly if you pay a lot of attention to Julio, this guy can beat you. The problem is the Falcons really can't beat anyone because um, their defense is as bad as Carolina's. But I just it's blowing my mind that I feel like every time I see this guy in the red zone, he's just wide open like no one's around him. And I, I just don't understand how a player of that caliber doesn't get covered. my question don't trade Ridley trade Sanders and Juju at some point after you're out of it get 50 for them and keep Ridley that's that's what I would do alright who wins clan versus teabag
Give me the tea bag and it's not close. Yeah, I'll take uh, take your ball and go home too. I think uh, I was really impressed by Miles Sanders last week. Good matchup against Cincinnati for him this week, which should also help. Uh, like you said, Tyler Boyd on the other side. So I'll take uh, I'll take the go homers uh, in a win here. Who uh, next game? Franchise versus Bowl Weevils. We'll talk about the franchise and their running back two position. We saw Kareem Hunt. Uh, out touch Chubb I think in week one Chubb had the big game Hunt still had a good game last week though what do you, what do we expect from Kareem Hunt this week against that ridiculous front seven of the Washington football team <laughs> I think more of the same he's gonna get right around like double digit carries and he's gonna like, catch three four balls out of the backfield I mean I don't I don't know that his I don't know if this role is going to change very much right now. I don't think anyone's going to... They're going to use both. Um, but he, they're going to both be productive with the touches they do get. Um, it's very clear that they want Hunt to touch the ball at least 15 times a game. They're going to... Or right around that area anyway. And... They're going to continue to do that. So he's going to get 15... Roughly 15 touches. And he's been very productive when he does touch the ball so far. So I don't expect that to change at all. Oh man, this is this is crazy. As of right now, Kareem Hunt is RB number nine in in our league. Yeah, he he has a role. It's just a matter of how how many running backs can this Browns offense support. And, and I, I don't I don't know long term if one becomes better than the other in terms of fantasy production, or if it's going to be two guys that just become mediocre starts. But no, no reason to think that this is going to stop anytime soon, especially against the, the Washington defense, which I was told before last week is one of the best defenses, or at least best defensive fronts in, in the entire NFL. They are. I, I would say it's difficult for a front seven to uh, contain Kyler Murray. He's one of those dudes that doesn't really matter what you're doing. It's He's just got that escapability, so I don't want to put too much on last week. Um, Hunt, I think, is a slam dunk to maintain at least RB2 value in our league, so I think it's a pretty much guarantee that he finishes top 24, um, even despite Chubb possibly out-touching him most of the season. Um, this offense, they've made an investment in Hunt, and that helps protect their investment in Chubb. So I think the two of them are a great fit together, and this team needs to run the football in order for Baker to succeed. So I, I agree with Shane. It's more of the same for Kareem Hunt and the Browns. Also, if you assholes watched that game last week like I was, or the, you would know that it had nothing to do with the defense playing poorly. They must have punt in their own territory. The offense was abysmal for the first 20 minutes of the game. Murray and was just running circles out there. And it looked like he was playing flag football. Yeah, well, when you're constantly on the field because your defense, your offense and special teams can't do anything, anyone's going to look bad. I don't know why I'm called an asshole. I simply said Kyler Murray. <laughs> Kyler Murray is really hard to contain. I don't think they're, I mean, I don't think what I said was untrue. So, uh, you, can, you can think about that statement as I ask the next question. <laughs> A.J. Green slotted in the lineup for the Weevils. 
I was talking with Spears about AJ Green earlier this week. I think that dude is cooked. It's done for him. He can't get separation. Um, Spears tried to mention that he had 10 targets last week. and 13. Uh, 13, sorry. And I mentioned to him that they threw the ball 61 times. So, of course, anyone's going to get that many targets if they're on the field enough. I just think he can't get separation. Tyler Boyd's better than him right now. T. Higgins, uh, they want to obviously see what Higgins can do. Michael Thomas has been a surprise for the Bengals. So I, I'm not an A.J. Green guy in what should be a good matchup against the Eagles, but I'm just not a fan. So Yeah, I guess the question is, should he be in the lineup? That was, that was the question posed, right? Yeah, I guess I didn't answer that. Oh, let me. Um, I, I don't think so. Um, guess what you got going for you is the Philly defense is not very good either. Um, I I know it's easy to say. I think I, I we talked before. I thought there was going to be some points tonight. I thought Preston Williams was a decent play this week. I thought Miami was going to be able to chuck the ball around on Jacksonville just like Tennessee did last week. Um, but yeah, AG things are not looking good for AJ Green. Um, I feel like his career's just about over. Um, the injuries have piled up. He's, he's just getting up there in age. Um, I don't know that I love anyone else on his bench that much. <laughs> so I'm trying to find an argument to take him out, I guess, against the bad Philly team. Um, maybe, maybe, I don't even know if James White plays, maybe the sentimental factor of getting the end zone. I don't know. Oh. since I didn't the first time uh, I think you have to play green based on the bench I would have probably thrown Preston Williams in there as well but just don't don't sleep on Chase Edmonds this week that Lions defense is along the lines of uh, Carolina and Atlanta so I think Chase Edmonds could have a decent game <clears throat> who wins franchise versus bowl I'll take the franchise game ice cream versus curtain uh the only two guys in the league that have won the league other than myself matching up against each other gotta sneak it in every every week if you can phil uh ice cream ice cream (laughs) is this the top two or three roster in the league through two weeks for the ice cream i think everyone anointed them as such 
after the draft. I'm not sure what the reason for this question is because I feel like it's a clear yes, but I'll wait to hear what you guys say. Um, well, I think I only really see one that I would say is definitely better than it. Um, I won't say who that is, but <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I still think Spears' line is really good. I mean, Kamar's been Kamar. Um, he still has the Chiefs running back and that carries a lot of value. Um, has a decent receiving core. Yeah. He's got three, he's got three good running backs, and he's got three deep, pretty good receivers. So, Yeah, this is a good roster. Uh, and yeah, if you look at it, you even have Robert, Robert Woods on the bench. You have Daniel Jones waiting in the wing for some good matchups. Probably a bad question. Yeah, it's for sure a top two or three roster in the league. You just wanted to mention that he's a top two or three roster and you smacked the pants off him last week. That's fine. It's okay. Uh, Is tonight the night that James Robinson becomes a household name? He's already punched one in. Uh, He's been very productive through three weeks so far this year. Um, I'm impressed watching him play. This Jaguars team is a lot friskier than I thought they would be. Um, And, yeah, I think uh, Robinson has helped helping to offset some of the disappointment from Cam Akers so far this season. Yeah, talk about great editing from our from our crew of waiting for this question till 10 minutes after Robinson rolls into the end zone. Um, good stuff there. Um, but yeah, I think it is. I, I, he's clearly taken the reins here um, in Jacksonville. Like, Say what you want. They're, they're not a great team, but they're they're at least they've been competitive through two weeks. They pull off the, the upset week one, and and offense seemed like it had some life last week against Tennessee. Um, and and this guy's taking the reins. So I'd like to see a little more out of the backfield, but it, it hasn't been as far as catching the ball. But it hasn't been too bad. I mean, done a little bit with it. Um, but he's going to get the he's got 16 carries week one and week two. So. I mean, he's clearly clearly the guy to own, and I don't know. I, I I'm not willing to anoint him yet, but I don't think there's anyone else that's gonna pass him in that offense. So but, yeah, there's, he's got to be started. Yeah, it was it was funny. James Robinson before the draft, I was playing Call of Duty with Shane, and I said, "Guy, I said, Shane, there's a guy." that is ranked 132nd on my running back rankings that I'm looking at right now, that is going to be a starter on day one. And I could not believe that he wasn't getting more love. And then at the draft, just ran out of spots and, and, and money. But to answer the question, James Robinson, unfortunately, is not going to be a household name because nobody watches Dolphins, Jaguars, Thursday night games that aren't a part of Color Rush. <laughs> But he's a good player and looks to be one of the steals of the draft. Well, he didn't even get him in the draft, so he picked him up. No, was, he, was, was he before week, week one? Yes. Yeah. Um, all right, who wins ice cream versus curtain? Mike Jasicki into the end zone. Let's go. You don't even say his name right. Whatever. It's a soft G. <laughs> I like the hard G. 
<laughs> yeah, you like the hard D. Um, <laughs> fa- family uh, show, me, sorry. Give me ice cream. Yeah, give me some ice cream. I'll take the ice cream, too. I, I think this game could be closer, but that can't make her spot is going to be tough. I don't think he plays, yeah. so... All right, we got 12 minutes. We got to get through these last two matchups. So let's spend very little time on this one because we know who's going to win. Wolves versus Park, 0-2 versus 2-0. Question for the Wolves, is Deontay Johnson going to finish as a wide receiver one, top 12 receiver in the Sons of Fantasy Football League? My answer's quick. I was... No... And it's not an indictment on Deontay Johnson. <laughs> no, not yet. He's not there yet. <laughs> to quote, to quote, cause. Um, no, but he, I, I, I love Deontay Johnson. I think he's really good. Um, but I don't think he's gonna make it into the top twelve by end of the year. Give me a wide receiver two finish for Deontay. Um, uh, yeah, this isn't really an opinion question because the answer is a, 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 an absolute yes. Uh, the, 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 the target share that he's getting in Pittsburgh, he has one. He only has one touchdown um, through the first two weeks, which is why he's not higher on some of the rankings. But he's the number one receiver in Pittsburgh. As long as Ben and him stay healthy, play a full year, he'll be in the wide receiver one territory. Okay, that will be a, that'll be an interesting one to follow. I think I'm with Shane. I think Johnson's great, but. There's a lot of good wide receivers out there. I have him in Dynasty, so I'm hoping he finishes, you know, top 12. That'd be a really good thing, but there's a lot of good names out there. Uh, one of them is Stephon Diggs, who is having a good start to the season with Josh Allen. Um, he's really definitely helped that Bills offense. All the pieces seem to fit really well on that team. Can Diggs keep up this pace? Um, I will, again, just throw out my answer quickly in the interest of time. I'm going to say he can't keep this pace up. Um, Their schedule is going to get a lot more difficult here in a hurry. Diggs should get the Jalen Ramsey treatment this weekend. Um, Diggs has a nice season, but I think he finishes in that wide receiver two range along the likes of Deontay Johnson. Yeah, I I agree with you. Um, I think it gets down to more like 15th, maybe by the end of the year for Diggs. Um, Still got to still got to play Gilmore twice, um, like you said, Ramsey this week. Um, still got to match up with Pittsburgh defense, which should be a tough one. So, yeah, let's temper a little bit. Um, still think Diggs is, is a fine play; seems to fit really well there. But um, I don't think he's not going to keep up this pace. It's going to slow down a little bit, and it's just outside of wide receiver one for me. What a surprising start to the season! Uh, new team new offense and he already has the chemistry on, on game one so great great start for Stefan. I'm in agreement with you guys that he'll end up uh, I'm going to say back end wide receiver one territory I think he finishes a little bit higher than what you guys are thinking which would put him right in that Deontay range of wide receiver one <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the Wolves to go three now yeah, no, this is the no best reason not to right now um, no reason not to All right, game of the week. Papa Kaz and his buddy Rankin. Patriots versus Flock. 
two good uh, two good lineups. Uh, Jonathan Taylor proved me right last week. He had a nice little game. A uh, little question for the but the flock, I guess. I'm trying to figure out it's in a different order. Uh, can this Bucks offense support two wide receiver ones with touchdown Tommy? Feels like a little bit baby there for Shane. Um, I mentioned that that team just doesn't look to be gelling correctly right now. I say that they will not both finish as wide receiver ones this year. Yeah, I don't think they both finish as wide receiver ones either. Um, I'm not positive that either of them do. Yes, I agree. I agree. So, I mean, these two pretty good players, don't get me wrong, but I just watching them through two weeks so far. I mean, obviously it's early and they're, they're still trying to get things figured out there, but just watching what I've seen so far, I, I, I don't think that that production is there. Because they, they, they both did last year, Shane. And you're saying not only will both of them not, neither of them will. I'm saying I don't... I'm not positive that either of them do, but definitely not both. Man, you guys don't think anybody's going to receive finish in the top 12 wide receivers, do you? <laughs> oh, just really. Really. <laughs> uh, I think this Buck offense can support one of them, not not two of them again. I just... I, I, I think it's going to be Godwin... But it, 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 and I, I think Evans will finish in the wide receiver two range. That that's my guess for the rest of the season. I'm going to preface this by saying they're not going to be trailing by like two, three scores as much as they did last year. So there's not going to be a need to throw the ball sixty times and be facing prevent defenses a whole lot like they did last year with Janus. Keep in mind they also play the Panthers twice a year. Right. All right, five minutes left to talk about the flock and the winner of this game. Kyler Murray, starting quarterback of the San Luis Patriots and the Arizona Cardinals. It's incredible he can do it for two teams. How many fantasy quarterbacks would you rather have rest of year over Kyler Murray? This is the easiest question we've had all night, and the answer is two, and it's Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, I know Phil tried to... Always a reason for these questions. Um, and I, this was my favorite question I was kind of looking forward to on the podcast. I wish we had more time to talk about it. I'm going to I'm gonna cave in and give Phil his, his five minutes here. Oh, I forgot about um, Russ. Sorry. And I'm going to say three. <laughs> I, I forgot about Russ. My bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah that it's... was the reason he asked the question. It, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him the third. I'm going to say it's Mahomes, Lamar, and RW1. Yeah, I I think it's Mahomes, Lamar, and it's close between RW one and, and Kyler. Uh, it's I, I, don't, close. I don't think it's a definitive no, like like Cause thinks, and and I do think RW one has a chance to be holding up the MVP trophy at the end of both the NFL seasons and the Sons of Fantasy football seasons. But yeah, he he's in that real elite territory. Easy to say after two weeks here, but I. I... I see this playing out the rest of the year. I mean, it's got to be Murray versus versus Wilson the rest of the year for MVP, I would think. I mean, obviously those other guys can jump in at any time. Mahomes and Lamar, great. I would still rather have both of them in fantasy. Um, just from the sheer fact <laughs> they're great. But, I mean, I think MVP is going to come down to those two. 
There's six MVP candidates right now. There's one of six names who will win the MVP this year. <clears throat> Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, and Cam Newton. One of those six will win the NFL MVP this year. You can put that wherever you want, on whatever paper you have, and you can put it in pen. All right, who wins, Patriots versus Flock? I think these are two really good teams. Um, I will take Papa Cause and the Patriots because without Paris Campbell and Will Fuller getting hurt early last week, he would also be sitting at 2-0 and with the Seawolves. Yeah, uh, these are two pretty good teams. Um, they both have great quarterback play. They get a lot of a lot of points there, so they have that figured out. They have good running back play. Um, they're, they're solid all around. They have top tight ends, good receiver. I mean, these are two really good teams. Um, these look like two playoff teams to me. Um, matchup wise, I think I'm gonna go that the Patriots win. I love Mur- just Murray and Drake feasting, so I think that's the difference here. Yeah, I take all my lines. Uh, I, I, I think these are rosters number three and four in the league. Uh, they're, they're, they're both really good. I like the Flocks team a, a little bit better, but they're very, very close. And just because I like the Flocks roster, uh, I'm going to take them to to feast this week. Yeah, it, it comes down to the, the flexes for the Patriots. If they can figure those out, I mean, this is this is a great team. They can figure out their their flex positions and hit on the right guys. But yeah, two really good teams here. Happy to uh, hear that Phil's speaking nicely about Papa Cause this week. He was a little upset about the uh, the Benny Snell jabs last week. And Benny Snell and all of his less than two points or whatever he had last week that yeah, he dropped himself. <laughs> uh, also, shout out and apologies to Phil's brother, Mikey. He needed some fantasy advice, so he reached out to me and Shane. Um, not his brother. And we told him to start... Benny Snell, so clearly he should reach out to his brother because he's 2-0 and and Shane and I aren't. So, so <laughs> Sorry, Mikey. All right, one minute left. You each got 20 seconds. Give me whatever you got, anything at all. Took more than twenty seconds, Shane. We'll we'll touch on that next week. Um, thank you guys for listening yet again to the Sons of Fantasy Football podcast. Talk to you next week, and good luck. <laughs>